Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Well, hello. It's good to finally see some more upper halves of faces again. And uh, it's good to be able to share with everybody online as well. Bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Um, But I have to start with just something that I need to confess to. Um, I actually struggle with a condition that that many people actually struggle with. In particular, guys struggle with this condition. uh, And that is that I sometimes struggle to ask for help. Now, this is a pretty common problem, uh, I think for a lot of us, but particularly guys, we struggle with this. Uh, you know, you, you'll, you'll think to the classic example of men and asking for directions. In fact, as I said that, I'm sure there's some of you who are thinking maybe you're sat next to somebody and you've just given them a little nudge, yeah, that's you. Um, but I, I struggle with this. And in fact, I remember a time when I was still at university uh, and I'd gone back home for the summer to where my parents were living um, and I'd gotten a job working uh, for a company uh, where my job was simply to drive around the Suffolk and Norfolk countryside uh, collecting samples from farms, hundreds of farms across uh, that area of the country uh, and taking them back to a lab to test them to see how much they were worth selling for. Uh, And so that was my job and uh, I I I didn't grow up in the Suffolk, Norfolk area uh, and so I went and and had my introductions, and then they gave me my first assignment to go to this farm. It was about 30 minutes away from uh, where the office was. And I, I didn't have a sat-nav with me. They just gave me uh, the name of the farm and uh, a, a rough address, because farms don't tend to have all that specific addresses. Um, and so uh, all I had was an AA roadmap. Um, I'm okay at reading maps, but the problem is um, AA roadmaps are fantastic for finding things that are clearly marked on the map. The problem with most farms is that they're actually not on main roads. They're often half a mile to several miles down country roads that are private roads, that are often actually just dirt roads, uh, and the names of the farms aren't often labeled on these maps as well. That may have changed. It's been a good decade since I did that job, which is showing my age a little bit now. But I was so keen to prove that I knew what I was doing, that I could do this job that they'd just given me, that I didn't ask any questions. I just, I just thought, how hard can it be to find it? And so I set off on this journey towards this farm that was half an hour away, and an hour and a half later, I've seen pretty much every single farm in Norfolk and Suffolk, but the one that I'm trying to find. And it's at this point that it suddenly dawns on me that maybe... I should have asked for help. But at this point, I'm thinking, well, I can't phone them up now an hour and a half later and say, I don't know where I am or where I'm going. You know, I don't want them to to have this thought that I'm going to phone up after every single job that they give me to try and figure out how to get there. I'll just carry on. I'll I'll get there eventually. And so another half hour, actually, I, I lost track of how long I was out on the road. But eventually, I found the farm. I was able to get the sample. And I went back to the lab, and as soon as I walked in, uh, my boss just looked at me with a, a mixture of amusement and frustration and just said, did you get lost, Ian? 
That was where I realized I kind of failed to prove that I knew what I was doing. I kind of failed to show that I knew how to get around. And, uh, and I had to humble myself in this moment. I had to swallow my pride and accept that maybe I need some assistance on this. And so from that day forward, I went in with a sat-nav. I borrowed my mum's, and, and I used that for the rest of the summer. Um, but I learned a valuable lesson that day that I, I, I find it hard to accept help, but often we need to accept help. See, I, I think that this isn't just a thing that guys struggle with. It's definitely, I will admit, more prominent in guys, I've found. But I think this is something that we all struggle with from time to time, where we allow pride to get in the way. And I think we can actually do this in our Christian walk as well. You see, I think a lot of people, who, particularly who are new to Christianity, they, they have so many questions and there's so many things they don't understand, but they're kind of embarrassed to, to ask. They're embarrassed to ask those questions like, uh, what does this mean? How does this work? And, and I kind of feel like it, it shows just how little they know. But I don't think it's just new Christians that struggle with this. I actually think even as the more you are, uh, the longer you've been, you've been a Christian, the more you feel like you should have it all together. You should have things figured out. The more you, you kind of feel like you need to show that you, you have, uh, you've got it nailed, that you, you're living it. And so the more we feel embarrassed or awkward about asking somebody for help. And we're also in a culture now where we have so much knowledge, so much information available to us that we can quickly gather knowledge, but we don't have the experience of living that knowledge out. And so we, we have this sense of we know what we should do, but we actually don't know how to do it. It's not necessarily in our lives, it's not being lived out, and so we, we kind of have this sense of shame. It's like, I should know this, but I can't. And so just like me on that country road, driving around the countryside, hoping that eventually I'll find it, but not asking for help, we end up going all over the place in our Christian walk, but never really getting anywhere, never really growing. And so as we continue this uh, series on discipleship, we have to understand that for us to be uh, disciples, we, ha we have to be willing to swallow our pride and receive help. You see, in James 4, verse 6, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You see, pride actually gets in the way of our own spiritual growth. Pride actually limits our ability to continue to grow deeper in our relationship with God. And humility enables us to actually uh, draw ourselves closer to God. Humility enables us to actually receive the help that we need. It gives us the grace to receive what we need. See, pride actually shuts us off from being able to get the help from other people. But humility enables us to actually hear what other people have to say, to invite people into this journey. And so if we are to be disciples of Jesus, then we need to live a lifestyle of humility. And as uh, Richard Scott said, he said, to be humble is to be teachable. To be humble is to be teachable. And so today, as we continue this series on uh, what it means to have the heart of a disciple, today we're going to be looking at teachability. What does it mean to be teachable in discipleship? And I'm aware that this is a word that's often used 
Christianity, but it's a very Christian word, um, and so uh, I felt like it would be a good point uh, to just kind of give a definition or an explanation of what teachability actually is. Because actually, you'll be hard-pressed to find some clear kind of descriptions or uh, um, definitions of this. Uh, in fact, I actually took quite a long time to, to look for one myself and, and actually spent a lot of time trying to figure out what is teachability. So here is the Ian Merton definition of teachability. See, teachability is not our ability to learn, it's our willingness to learn from others. It's not our ability to learn, it's our willingness to learn from others. It's not about how much we can learn, it's not about how intelligent we are, it's not about how intellectual we are, it's about how willing we are to receive input from other people how much we desire what other people have to say and think about things. That's what teachability is all about. And so we need to have uh, in us, we need to have a desire for what other people have to say. You see, I think often we, we, we're fearful of uh, asking for help because it, it's almost like accepting defeat. It's almost like accepting that we can't do it. And, and kind of almost this mentality that if we do it, then it, it shows that we're broken. But... Accepting that you need help doesn't show that you're broken. It makes you fixable. It means that somebody can come alongside you. You've opened up the door. There's that grace for you to receive the help that you need. Now, there's a fantastic example in the scripture of a man who, uh, to me, just really models what it means to live a life of teachability. He shows us what the heart of a disciple, the heart of someone who is teachable, really looks like. And this, this story begins, actually, with a man named Philip. Now, Philip, for those of you who don't know who he is, there's, there's Philip the disciple, and then there's uh, a Philip who, uh, later in the book of Acts, is referred to as Philip the evangelist. Um, and, but he actually comes into this story slightly earlier on in, in I think, chapter 6, where he is one of the men who is appointed, one of seven men who is appointed to administer food to the poor so that the apostles can continue to do their work. But shortly after that happens, the, the church experiences persecution, so they end up being scattered. Um, and Philip, along with a few of the apostles, ends up in Samaria. And they're, they're preaching the gospel in Samaria, and they're beginning to see some incredible things happen. They're beginning to see salvations and uh, just people really just uh, moving their hearts towards God. And uh, this incredible revival breaks out there. And it says that the, the apostles begin to move on elsewhere and continue to preach the gospel. And then in true kind of Bible fashion, it gives this very kind of casual. And then an angel appeared to Peter, uh, to Philip, and, gave, and basically gave him his next instructions. Doesn't really give much information about that, just talks about it like it's perfectly normal. Um, but let's pick up in Acts 8 where it says uh, what happens next. So it says, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road to run, uh, that, that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. So here we have uh, this man uh, who is... Straight away, we can tell he is not your ordinary guy. Like, this isn't just your run-of-the-mill guy that you meet on the street. 
Firstly, it says that he is a eunuch. Now, if you don't know what that word means, then you know, after the service, you can go and ask your mother. Um, she'll explain that to you. Um, I actually think it's interesting that, you know, normally when a character is introduced in the Bible, it gives them a name. But this guy's just referred to as the Ethiopian eunuch. I think that's kind of interesting. I think, I think initially that the initial draft of this letter was, uh, it had his name in it. And then one of the other apostles kind of did some proofreading, make sure it all made sense, and got to this bit and thought, you know what? Actually, this could be read by billions of people over thousands of years. Now, this guy's already lost enough. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't take his dignity from him as well. We'll keep him as anonymous as possible. So I think that that's why he's referred to as the Ethiopian eunuch, because they didn't want to actually put his name in there and embarrass the guy. So, so we know he's a eunuch. And that's actually not all that relevant to the story. I just think it's interesting that it's in there. Um, and so they carry, it says that he's also the, uh, he's basically the treasurer of Ethiopia. In other words, he's one of the most powerful and influential men in that country. And not only that, but he's also someone who's educated. He's intelligent. He's someone who actually is able to read and write, and he can understand. He's able to apply logic and figure things out. And so and we also know that he's, he's someone who is hungry, because he's just gone all the way from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to attend a religious festival, and now he's on his way back, and he's reading aloud the Scriptures. This is someone who is hungry for more of God. So then it goes on to say this, says, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? I just want to pause here for a second and just ask. If someone was to ask you that question, how would you respond? If you were reading from one of the minor prophets or one of the prophets in the Old Testament and, and somebody came alongside you and said, uh, do you understand what you're reading? And not everybody would have this response, but I think a lot of people would feel the need to give their best explanation of it, to try and show their understanding and make some attempt to show that they kind of, they, they've figured it out and uh, they've, uh, they've, they're really working to uh, apply this. And I think we would, we would want to show that we have uh, some knowledge. We want to show that we, we've kind of figured it out. But that's actually not what this eunuch does. He actually has a very different response. It says this. It says, the man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me. And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. I love his response here because he shows us the heart of someone who is teachable. He shows us what it means to be teachable. You see, he was an intelligent guy. He was an influential guy. And yet he didn't make any attempt to try and answer what the scripture means. He simply just acknowledges his lack, his need for someone else to come alongside him. And he says, how can I understand it? I need someone to show me. And so he actually invites someone to come and help him. See, this, this eunuch's first lesson for us in teachability is that teachable people accept the help they need. 
teachable people accept that they need help. He didn't try and show off. He didn't try and save face. And I think some of us, we, we're worried about how we look, and so we don't ask for help. But this eunuch was so desperate to learn. He had that hunger inside him. He had the desire to learn. And he was willing to, to lose reputation and actually just ask somebody, say, hey, I need help here. I recognize that on my own, I'm not going to get this. I need somebody else to come alongside me and help me understand this. And so this eunuch, he, he doesn't just accept that he needs help. You see, he actually he urged, he urged this uh, Philip to actually come and help him to understand it. He didn't just go, yep, I need help. I can't do this by myself. He said, please, come and help me. He's, he's giving this invitation, please, come and help. Come and share with me. Come and speak to me about what this means. That is the heart of someone who is teachable. So that's not, only, that's not the only lesson that he has to share with us. It goes on to say this. Uh, the, the passage of Scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. We can speak of his descendants. Oh, sorry, who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. So again, we see this eunuch's second uh, lesson in teachability and that is that teachable people ask questions. See, teachable people have a natural desire to learn. It's this insatiable desire. They want to, uh, to get more information. And they're less concerned about how they look and more concerned about their lack of knowledge. They're more focused on what they don't know than what they do know. And they're more keen to, to ask questions because they want to plug that gap between what they don't know and what they do know. And they're not so interested in uh, making sure that people hear what they have to say. They're, they're more interested in hearing what other people have to say. Now, I once heard the phrase that uh, we have two ears and only one mouth. Therefore, we should listen twice as much as we speak. And this, this eunuch is modeling this. He's like, I, I, I'm not interested in what I've got to say. I want to know what you've got to say. I want to hear what you have to say. I'm going to ask questions because I want to learn. I want to find out more information. I want to find out what this is all about. I think one of the things that uh, we can do to test whether we have a teachable heart is to look at whether we prefer to be the one giving answers or the ones asking questions. Are we willing to ask a silly question in order to find out an answer, or what at least feels silly inside us? This eunuch had a heart of teachability. He was willing to ask questions. And so, as a response, uh, Philip then begins to share the gospel with him. Philip then begins to, to teach him about Jesus, and, and he, for the first time, is able to hear the good news about salvation through Jesus, because he was willing to be teachable. But that's not the final lesson for us. He actually has one more that he wants to share with us, and that's this. It goes on to say, as they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, 
and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. So this third lesson that this eunuch wants to teach us about teachability is that teachable people apply the lessons. Teachable people don't just hear what other people have to say. They don't just have a value for what other people have to say. They're not just interested in people's opinions. They actually seek to apply it to their lives. You see, this eunuch, he just heard the gospel for the first time. He just heard about Jesus. And he would have heard about how being baptized is a symbol that we do to just demonstrate that we have given our lives to Jesus. And he doesn't just hear this and think, oh, I, I, that's great, thank you, I now understand this passage, that's so helpful, uh, thank you, you can be on your way now. No, he immediately is like looking for the, the first opportunity to be able to do it. And he says, there's some water, let's go, why, why can't I do it now? And he actually orders them to stop so that he can be baptized. Teachable people apply the lessons that they're being taught. Now, I, I want to just pause just for a quick second and say, I know uh, th there's dangerous territory here because sometimes we, we try to apply the lesson and we know that change is hard, right? And so sometimes we don't do it perfectly. And I've had this example happen several times where uh, I've been in discipleship with someone and I've been trying to teach them and help them to get a consistent rhythm of spending time with Jesus uh, in his word and in prayer and in worship every day. Um, and I'll, I'll tell them that consistency is much better than quality to begin with. You've got to get consistent, and then you'll build from there. And so just 5, 10, 15 minutes every day, just try and get to the stage where you're doing it every day. Um, th just build on that. And so uh, we'll go away, and the next week we'll meet, and I'll ask how it is. And they'll have this sense of shame about them, and you can just see it in the, their eyes. And they, they say, yeah, I, yeah I, kind of, I just did it once this week, or just did it twice this week, and they didn't hit the mark. And, 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 and so I'll ask them, like, how many times were you doing it before this? And they'll say, none. I say, so, so that's a positive step forwards, right? You've taken positive action towards where you want to be. It doesn't, when it says that we, we put the lessons into action, when we apply it, it doesn't mean that we live it out perfectly. It means that we're willing to take positive steps towards living that out and applying it to our lives. And over time, as we continue to do that, we continue to see change. This eunuch was willing to apply the lesson to his life. And it doesn't mean that we apply every lesson. You know, not all advice is good advice. You know, if somebody says to jump off a cliff, don't do it. Um, we need to weigh it up. We need to take it uh, to God in prayer. We, we, we line it up with Scripture. But uh, a teachable heart is always willing to apply the lesson to their lives and not just gain knowledge. So the question is, do you have a teachable heart? I want to ask a few questions, that just rhetorical questions for you to think about as I'm asking that. And these are, these are just questions that I use uh, sometimes that are helpful for me in kind of determining, uh, do I actually have a, a teachable heart? They're indicators that show uh, whether I'm uh, living pridefully or, or living in, in humility with a teachable heart. So the first one is, uh, how easy do you find it to ask for help? How quick are you to ask for help? Do you prefer to give answers or ask questions? Do you actually take lessons and, and try and take active steps to apply them to your life? How do you respond 
when someone gives you feedback? Do you actively seek out feedback? Do you, uh, how do you respond when someone comes to you with um, uh, kind of challenging you on something? Do you get defensive? Are you someone who often finds that you uh, find excuses for things? Or do you take ownership for things? One of my favorite ones that I often have to kind of repent for myself is how easy do you find it to say sorry without the need to justify yourself or explain yourself? Just be honest, that's a tough one for me. I'm practicing it right now. It's not easy. Do you have a teachable heart? Now, as I was asking those questions, you may have found that some of them, you're like, yeah, not a problem. Others, maybe uh, you saw the dial kind of flipping one way or the other. <clears throat> That's okay. That's just kind of indicators. These are indicators of maybe triggers, areas where we struggle with pride or where we're actually doing well in terms of teachability and humility. But I want to encourage you, you know, to be effective disciples, to, to gain what we need to gain from disciples, we have to have a teachable heart. We have to be willing to let other people speak into our lives. We have to be willing to value what other people have to say above what we think ourselves. We have to be willing to take on board things because pride will just get in the way of our growth. It will prevent us from being able to experience uh, the, the growth that is available to us through others. So we were never meant to live the Christian faith in isolation. We were meant to live it in the context of community in the context of uh, sharing with one another and learning from one another, from, in the context of information being passed on from one person to another. That is how we grow, by living life together and sharing with each other our struggles and, and the areas where we need help, coming alongside each other and helping. I want to encourage you, find people that you can share your struggles with, open up to them and, and invite them in to come and help you and work with you through that journey. I want to just close uh, by just taking some time to pray for you. And just as a, a way to respond, uh, I, I, I find sometimes we, it's helpful for us to posture ourselves in a position of humility. So maybe like you've, as we were talking, there's areas of your own life where you're uh, just kind of uh, feeling, okay, maybe there's a lack of teachability here. Maybe there's a lack of pride. Or maybe you're just like, actually, I'm doing well in this area, but could always do with some more teachability. We can always do with more, right? God always has more for us. And so as a way to respond, I want to pray for you. And as I'm praying for you, if you just as a posture, just want to get on your knees. If you're able to, just get on your knees and just pray with me as I pray. If you're not able to do that, then you can just simply put your hands out. It's just as a way to just demonstrate to God, God, I need you. I need others. God, would you come and help me? So I'm going to pray, and if you want to do that, you can just go ahead and get on your knees as I'm praying. So Jesus, we recognize that we need you. God, we recognize that we need other people. God, we need others to be able to speak into our lives. God, we don't have all the answers. God, we, we don't have it all together. Jesus, I pray that you would just help us to uh, just 
remove the pride from our hearts, God. We need you to actually come and intervene in our lives, come and intervene in our hearts, and just give us a teachable heart. Lord, I pray that we would be quick to see the value of what others have to offer. God, I pray that we would be quick to receive what others are doing, what others are speaking into our lives. Lord, whatever it is in us that prevents us from being willing to receive that, whatever place of shame or, or whatever place of um, uh, just f- feeling broken or anything like that, God, would you just speak into those places? Would you speak into them and just show us your heart for us? Would you speak truth into those places? And would you just begin to cultivate in each of us a teachable heart? Lord, we pray for that grace that you talk about in in that passage in James, that you give grace to the humble. Lord, we just receive that grace right now. As we humble ourselves before you and before others, God, we receive that grace. Lord, would you open our hearts to all that you have for us? Would you help us to develop and cultivate the heart of a disciple, the heart who is teachable and desires more of you, who's willing to to look the fool in order to receive what we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.